answers. The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. coming through the door I think we've met somewhere before hello love hello there hello hello hi hello love good morning where in the world have you been so long I missed you so since you've been gone hello love we are happy you are hello love make yourself feel right at home I hope you plan on staying long. Come in, love. Yeah, come on in. Stay a while. I mean, you come can stay all the way up until 10 if you'd like to. You can stay all day long here on The Watchdog if you'd like to. Until uh, 10 with Bob and I. Or you know what? If you're going to go off to work, go off to school, you're going to go breakfast or something. Well, if you're going to breakfast, it wouldn't hurt if you brought some for us. But other than that, uh, you know, we, give us whatever you can. That's that's the way we like to work it here, and we're so glad you're here. 8, 10, 10 minutes after the hour. If you have not, by any chance, looked outside yet, it is a stunk day today. We're looking for a very rainy and windy day. Daytime high could be around 50, although Adam says that 50 will actually be after dark, but in the evening hours, when we hit 50, we'll be in the 40-ish range for the uh, daytime hours. Uh, 35 right now, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 34 at the Highlands, 36 in Elm Grove, and 35 at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. I did double-check because I felt like I would not done my duty, Bob, before. Uh, and as Adam pointed out, pretty much all the air, and I think you did too, Pretty much all the area schools are on some kind of a delay or cancellation. Most delay, a couple of canceled. Uh, Brook, Ohio, Hancock, Marshall counties. Um, the, the southern counties, Tyler and Wetzel, maybe not. Uh, most of the eastern Ohio schools as well. You will know because you'll be notified by your schools, but I will just let you know that there are most of the schools are working on some kind of a uh, unusual schedule today. They're uh, either, uh, either on a cancellation or on a delay. Uh, 8-11 here on the... Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, coming up in a minute or two, Tom Scateri is going to join us. A lot of stuff to talk about, but primarily I want to get into what's happening with the missing, well, he's not missing, but the uh, Secretary of Defense who kind of went into the hospital, never told anybody. We'll talk about that. Also, the number of journalists being killed in these wars that we're having in this country is uh, growing. We'll talk about that. It was the first day of candidate filings in West Virginia yesterday, and we'll talk about who some of the candidates who did file were. Uh, there were no great surprises, I will tell you that. No surprises in day number one. A couple of interesting things, but no great surprises. I'll talk about that coming up. Ohio County Delegate Sean Fluherty will give us his expectations for this week's legislative session. And State Senator Mike Wolfield will join us to discuss a child care tax credit bill that he's introducing. So that's some of what I have for you coming up a bit later on. If you have something for us, you know what to do. 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. The Watchdog Radio Network text line will work. Or you can call us uh, when we have time. A little break in the action. 304-232-8255. 304-232-TALK. The Frio Stack Auction Service uh, text line. Use any of them if you would like to. Bob and I were talking last hour about the tremendous TV show, groundbreaking show, and probably the best TV drama of all time, The Sopranos, celebrating 25 years this week. 25 years ago tomorrow, 
The Sopranos made its debut on uh, HBO, and uh, they're doing all kinds of special celebrations for that. And if you want to catch what Bob and I had to say about it, uh, the podcast is already up on our podcast page uh, or on our Apple podcast. So just check out the uh, the tape and you can listen to it. You can go to watchdognetwork.com, click on the podcast. Or uh, if you go to my, um, you can go to Apple Podcasts and look us up. Or go to my Facebook page and just click on the link to the Apple Podcasts and you can catch that as well. But we talked about The Sopranos last hour. If you missed it, you can catch it on your own time uh, later today. It is 8.13, 13 after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. A bit later on, I want to get into what Mary Lou Retton had to say about uh, her recent illness. And, um, you know, Bob, I was all, I just, I was a little bit, is skeptical the right word when that story came out? It just didn't feel right to me. But she, what she talked about yesterday, I mean, she was in bad shape. Yahoo said a couple times uh, in my source that she still won't answer a question. I don't know if it's, well, did you have any insurance at all? You know, how much money is left? I don't know what question she wouldn't answer. But they said, eh, you know, something's still it's kind of funny here. Yeah, she did speak to the Today Show yesterday, and I have some of her comments, and we'll share those with you uh, coming up a bit later on. But the other mystery that's out there has to do with the Secretary of Defense. At least it's a mystery to me. Tom Scateri has been following that pretty closely. He will talk to us about that and more coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show. Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On the Tuesday edition of the show, we'll take a look back at the national championship game for college football. Chris Lawrence from the Morning News will make an appearance, and we'll have the latest on the Steelers from Dave Bryan from Steely Depot, plus your calls, texts, tweets, in or out, and our question of the day. Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly, weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at wvmetronews.com and on this Metro News station. Most of us are faced with uncertainty every day. Your job, your finances, sporting events, schooling for your children, and so much more. With so much uncertainty surrounding you, there is one auto dealership that you can be certain about, and that's Doan Ford. You can be certain that you always get a great deal and the best service afterwards. Being in business for over 50 years has given Doan Ford the reputation of being a strong, reliable dealership. Be certain. Choose Doan Ford. Online at DoanFord.com. I'm not buying till I check Doan Ford. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind, knowing that your business is protected and prepared. 
Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. painful song it's a pretty song you're just going with the uh, make things all right line there well i changed it up for tom because he is the poetry man oh that's right i forgot yeah tom the poetry man he wrote uh, let's bring tom scateri international and correspondent pentagon reporter tom good morning sir good morning guys you wrote a really i i enjoyed your piece on the old geezer which i guess is something you. you used he to wrote do. about you howard no he didn't write about me <laughs> the old it uh, i guess it was a traditional end of year uh, piece that you used to do and you you brought the old geezer yes. back let me indulge me for a couple minutes on that. Thank you for bringing it up. When I was a young reporter, one of the great editors and mentors I had at the Valley News Dispatch in New Kensington, Trenum, was Frank Anderson. And he used to write an old geezer column at the end of the year to uh-huh. reflect on the year. And he passed away many, many years ago. And I asked permission from his son if I could resurrect the old geezer. And he said yes. So I started writing old geezer columns in the late 90s when I was as a little son in the Boston Herald when I had a column. And then I wrote them for the Hill, Howard. But I tailed off for a while, and I just felt that this year was the year to bring them back. What the old geezer does for listeners who are scratching their heads is <laughs> he visits me at the end of the year, and we reflect on the year and what may happen. The old geezer was a little bit depressed in this uh, particular installment. Well, yeah, for reasons that you and I have talked about all year. You know, it's a, I think we're at a, this is me editorializing a little bit, and I apologize. But I, I think, you know, we're at a interesting crossroads in the world, as well as our own country. And uh, there's a story I read yesterday about how many critical elections are going to be around the world this year, not just in our country. And, you know, we see things that are happening here and um, climate control, climate issues and all sorts of things. And, you know, it's a critical moment. And um, that's what we talked about. The, uh, the old geezer piece was published in an, in an online. It was published someplace, right? It's called Flapper Press. It's a wonderful online publication run by Elizabeth Grayson uh, out of Arkansas. I, I met her years ago uh, when I was a reporter covering a story and we stayed in touch for decades now and it's a remarkable site howard uh poetry which is they've used some of mine but they've also run pieces of mine from iran and and what it means to be a foreign correspondent for example a war correspondent um they have uh stories and uh, articles from all over the country with amazing eclectic talented group of writers and contributors for those, who want to, press. for those who want to read more of what you write, the old geezer is there, but also a lot of your sort of newsy-type columns. Um, yeah. Red Snow Limited? Is that it's Red Snow? Yeah, Red Snow is my website. Uh, I also have a blog that I put stuff on as well. Um, that, you know, and, of course, people who follow me on Twitter, as you do graciously, I, I link the stuff to Twitter as well. But um, for folks who might be interested, uh, old geezer was yeah. again. I, I read the piece, and then I you know I say I kind of went away. Well, I well I hope, it, I'm, it depressed I'm me. Mind, I'm, I'm glad you didn't mind me sending it to you, you know, because <laughs> you know you used to you used to all my you know Pentagon stuff and, and and my poetry, which you're very gracious to always support. And Bob, thanks for the intro. 
I may have to steal that. <laughs> <laughs> well, either, the other, that or, either that or the Steeler fight song, right? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I was hearing from you uh, all throughout the week about mm-hmm. is another one of these stories that I'm just scratching my head, Tom. I don't understand oh. this story about the Secretary of Defense went into the hospital, told almost nobody about it, including the president, and I guess he is still there? He's still there. There's a lot of elements to this. Now, Howard, I've been in Washington more than 30 years. A lot of times we have these what I call Washington stories. You know, we get all lathered up here in D.C. about this and that, and it really doesn't mean much, okay? This one means a lot. Um, there's a lot of things here, and, uh, you know, politically, uh, Secretary Austin has had hands the Republicans an incredible issue, you know, to beat up Biden with as well as on himself. He's already under fire for, you know, woke stuff in the up. So Austin went into the hospital in December for an elective procedure, which they won't tell us what it is. He was discharged. on. He went in on the 23rd, came out on the 24th. He took personal leave. He didn't tell the White House he was going in there either, we learned yesterday. Okay, so that's issue one. Then he has pains and complications. He's taken to the hospital. Walter Reed, by ambulance on January 1st, undergoes some kind of procedures again. He may have been put out under anesthesia. They won't tell us that. Monday, he doesn't tell his people, does not, do not inform Jake Sullivan in the White House until Thursday. Three days later, the President of the United States finds out that his Secretary of Defense is in the hospital and had gone in an emergency and was in ICU. Okay. Now, the press secretary, we learned yesterday, knew on Tuesday and gave us a briefing on Thursday, never mentioned it. Really? Chair of the Joint Chiefs, yeah, Chair of the, Joint Chiefs the staff knew on Tuesday, apparently didn't tell the service chiefs, in other words, you know, the head of the Marine Corps and the Army and stuff. Congress was not informed until Friday, shortly before the Pentagon put out a statement late Friday night about this. So, and they say, well, Secretary Austin's a very private person. You know, uh, forget that. You, you, okay, you don't, want to tell the, you don't want to tell the press, you can have that debate. But the President of the United States, come on. I don't understand how it even works, Tom. And again, I just, you know, all I know is what I, well, what you tell me and what I see on television. I, I, would, I would think that the, 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 the whereabouts of the Secretary of Defense is somehow monitored on a regular basis that you would, that, I mean. <laughs> You're correct. It's supposed to be. I mean, that's the other question. Not being somewhat snide, but, gee, didn't anybody miss him for three yeah, well, days? Well, that's, I mean, I'm, I, this whole thing is, I don't know whether to, make, to laugh at it or to get really scared about it. And, again, we're not talking about the agriculture secretary here, which would just be as bad still. No, but the secretary of defense. Who well, is, who also is, the fact that we have a lot of wars going on. Yes. Hand in it, you know. And now there was interesting during his briefing yesterday. Uh, he did transfer power, transfer power or authority, I should say, to Deputy Secretary Hicks, who was on vacation in Puerto Rico. And she asked if she could come back, and they kind of said, ah, "There's no reason to." When the staff asked where he was, uh, he was told, they were told he was at home. The chief of staff, his chief of staff, she was supposed to notify people. Her her excuse, according to the Pentagon, is she was homesick as well. Well, you know what, Howard. Uh, this is the 21st century. We have cell phones and texting and all that. There, you could be sick at home and still communicate a look, little bit. Look, look, I, I don't run any uh, major, uh, you know, na- national department. But if I'm homesick and don't come to the radio station uh, to do the show, I tell somebody. <laughs> I mean, right, exactly. The, the boss doesn't just wake up in the morning and turn on the radio and go, huh, wonder where Howard went to. <laughs> 
know? Right, so. Well, that's just it. And so, again, let's dribble. I mean, there's so much here to unpack as the cliche goes, but I always go back to the very basic thing is the President of the United States, who is the Commander-in-Chief, did not know for three days that his Secretary of Defense was in the hospital and had to be taken there in an emergency situation. And it could have been, as I say, you know, under, you know, they're not answering any of these questions. And they say, well, the Secretary addressed this about his personal privacy issues. Nah, that's a bunch of horse hockey. You know, he's the Secretary of Defense, and at this point, he needs to come clean as to what was going on. And now, guess who's going to do the investigating as why he wasn't notified? Give me somebody the in the, staff, somebody the, in the Defense staff, Department, right? Right. The Chief of Staff who didn't do the notifying. Oh, good. She's going to lead the investigation. Well, he, yeah. could, talk, he could ask himself, why didn't you? Excuse me, it's why, why she, didn't I notify she, anybody? But, yeah. I'll just write this it's, down. It's yeah, just it's a key, it's, just to be clear, but uh, you're right. <laughs> it's it's just not funny. I mean, it's it's it, I no, it's not. I, I want to make a joke out of it. It's not funny. I had a number of listeners when we brought it up a couple of days ago said things like, "Well, you know, uh, every man's entitled to his privacy." No, you're really no, not. Howard, think about. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but think about how I started this conversation. I said people can debate the privacy issue, whether we have to know what the procedure was or anything. I, I'm op- I understand that, but what I, I'm saying is you don't let the President of the United States in the dark for three days if you're the Secretary of Defense you're in the hospital. That's the issue. And that's what Congress is going to rightly jump on. And the President, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't, does not seem to be all that distressed by this. That's a hard one to, that's a hard one to respond to. Because, you know, this is where, uh, you know, background sourcing from the White House reporters, who I, you know, I trust, you know, is different. Some of them say he's exasperated at this. You know, obviously he's saying the right things publicly. He stands behind them. He's not going to accept his letter of resignation if he would even do that. But, you know, I think that now I'm going to swing back to the political aspects of it. Is that this, is a, this is what Biden does not, just doesn't need because, you know, it shows he's out of touch, the Republicans can say. And, you know, they might, I mean, you don't talk to your Secretary of Defense for three days. Again, this is not, you know, all these guys are coming out now and attacking Biden for being out of touch in, in Austin. They're calling for his impeachment. They're doing all this stuff. It's going to be a political show that will distract from a lot of things that, you know, it's a political headache for Biden now as well. Well, as you pointed out earlier, uh, Austin has already been under, almost under mm-hmm. fire, but in the target a bit for some of what they call the woke policies that he's uh, And the COVID policy. I mean, you know, they, they, they have a list of things they don't like about him, the Republicans, and this gives them a real, quote-unquote, one of some substance, I think. Tom, I do understand your argument that we don't maybe need to know what was wrong with him. But what was wrong with him? No, I, I, I say I can understand why people would have that debate. I think at this point, you know, if, if you went in for an elective surgery and then you had complications of it and you were under anesthesia, at some point you need to tell the public what is wrong with you. And, and, and you know, you're going to be – he's working from the hospital now, apparently, which means that – and he went to Walter Reed also, as opposed to the hospital closer to where he lived, because he wanted to have that privacy because mm-hmm. he could – that's a military hospital, so therefore they have to follow orders. It is just not going it, to – it's, it's not a good look for Biden. No. I, hate, I hate to say that because I, I don't – I know. I don't, I don't want to add more fuel to the fire that he's not in touch, but I, this is a – I – you know, and this is, you can't blame, I, I'm not blaming, I wouldn't blame Biden for this, but he's going to take the blame because he's the president. Truman said the buck stops here, I think it was Truman. And that's the other thing. I thought about Truman when this happened. Do you remember famously, you're too young, we both are, but famously, uh, Truman, during the Korean War, when MacArthur was basically, General MacArthur was basically 
you know, blowing off Truman. And Truman flew to meet him, and MacArthur didn't meet him at the plane. Yeah, and Truman that. waited for him. Yeah. And, you know, and soon, soon after that, MacArthur was gone. You know, this is the president of the United States. And that, to me, you're not even showing respect. You can say all you want. That, you know, I have my privacy issues and that. But this is your boss, and he's the president of the United States. And, there, just, and you blow him off for three days. And, and there's just something, again, the whole thing is weird. So you are in the hospital, and therefore you are out of your position. You haven't told anybody in major, you haven't told the president, let's put it that way. Or Jake and, Sullivan. And, and, and then, your, then your deputy is taken over, who's on vacation in Puerto Rico, and they say, nah, just stay down there and get your son. But uh, <laughs> your Umbrella drinks or whatever. Yeah, I mean, so, it... It just the, now, the whole story the thing, is. You may weird. remember, Howard, during this time period, the United States launched a drone attack in Baghdad and mm -hmm. killed, you know, um, an Iranian operative. And now, that was while he was in the hospital. So yesterday, the Pentagon danced around that, saying, "Well, authorization to do that strike was given Sunday before he went in the hospital, and then the time and the place of it was left to the commander, which is often." To be clear, that's that makes sense. Case, yeah, you know. right. right. Yeah, you know, so we're going to do it. Okay, so they were really clear on that. That strike was authorized by Austin before he went under. Well, it's just it's <laughs> hopeful, hopeful. And, and again, <laughs> I, I don't know what the procedure was, and I guess if he had a polyp removed and it was, but I'm just making things up, you know. But um, that's one thing. But we ought to have we ought to, we the public, you uh -huh. the Pentagon press, and for God's sake, the president ought to be given a sense of the severity of this. Oh, they were. Yesterday, General Ryder, uh, we, we made it clear uh, that we were, you know, you knew on Tuesday, and he said, well, you know, we talked about letting people, blah, blah, you know, he, he was part of the cover-up. I mean, they made a decision not to release this, and I don't care how they try to spin it. They were, we were sitting in that room, and you hear him talking, and you know the truth, and... Come on. He's been in public press for more than 30 years, this guy. They knew what they were doing. Now, Bob, you said when we first started talking about this, though, that you thought he had a right to privacy, right? Well, certainly, if it's, if it's a – I think Tom hit it. No, tell you're in there, but you don't have to say what it's all right. about. Yeah, I, I think that's common sense, yeah. You know, I, to me, I think – again, I don't, you don't need to know that he had a polyp removed from his left colon. Um, but it, you might need to say – uh, it's a serious issue, or it's a long-term issue, or it's a chronic issue, or it's whatever. I mean, again, the public just has has a right to know. And again, I don't, no, no disrespect to the agriculture secretary, but it's not the agriculture secretary. It's the secretary of defense of, of the superpower of the world that is where the world is falling apart in many different places. The old geezer would be upset about this, Tom. He would be. It's a good thing that column ran before that. You can imagine what he would have said. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom, there's another story that. Uh, uh, so keep keep me yeah. informed. As I know you you've oh, sure. you've been letting me know what's going on, and I really appreciate that because I'm just absolutely fascinated by this story. Yeah. And what you want, will Austin keep his job? Uh, you know, I'm not very good at this. I, I would think yes. Um, now, now here's the here's the quote unquote convenient thing is you know a lot of these folks change out in a second term right and you know they and so that's coming up there was already a story last week about if austin decides not to stay who would replace them this is way before we knew anything about this so you know that kind of uh, that's the inside parlor game i mentioned early on that's already been going on because that's a very stressful job 
Secretary of Defense, duh, I'm, you know, as, as obvious, particularly what's going on. And Austin, I'm going to just say this, you know, I've always said this, he's did a masterful job of putting together the coalition to support Ukraine and leads it, and he's well-respected by his peers in that. You know, I think that's worth being said. That doesn't excuse what happened, of course, and it's, but uh, his chance that he would be replaced, it would be fun probably as normal type of, you know, change is the second if Biden wins. Obviously, if Biden loses, it's not a not an issue. Yeah, I was almost got excited when you said he'll have a second term. Boy, I hope so. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> uh, Tom, th- another yeah. story. We're, we, of course, talk all the time about the Israel-Gaza situation, what's happening in Gaza. But I'd like to approach this from a different perspective this morning. The number of journalists killed has been tremendously large in Gaza. Yeah. As of, as of January 8th, which is yesterday, uh, the investigation by the Committee to Protect Journalists, a renowned organization, shows at least, at least, 79 journalists and media workers have been among the more than 23,000 people killed since the war began October 7th. So that's October to November. That's three months. Now, obviously, 79 is a small number compared to 23,000, but 79 journalists killed in that period of time is more than killed in, in the record year of journalists being killed around the world. Um, you know, and the latest two were two more from Al Jazeera, who has accused Israel of targeting two of its journalists. Reporters, another group, Reporters Without Border, confirmed their number of 79 at least. They call it a never-ending slaughter in the territory mm. of, of people, and not just journalists. Uh, you know, Howard, as you know, and Bob and some listeners may know, I was a war correspondent for several years. We all know the risks that you voluntarily do when you go into these zones. But Israel has had a long history of of incidents where it looks like they're targeting journalists. Uh, a year ago, Shireen was killed, another journalist, and international organizations, including the U.S. State Department, said that Israeli forces deliberately targeted the media. Uh, in that case, that was on the Hezbollah border before the Gaza war. And uh, Israel denies that they're targeting journalists, but um, they seem to be doing that. Now, a lot of these journalists are killed, you know, because they're in Gaza, and, and the whole destruction of Gaza is taking place, so they're not being targeted deliberately. But in this case, these two journalists were in a car and uh, marked press, and Israel first said it targeted because they said they thought there, they thought there was a terrorist in the car. And then they said, well, they look like uh, the drone they were using for look like a terrorist. Well, the as you said, war correspondents know that there's always a, a, a serious danger of, of injury and death. But the numbers are, are large. It, 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 Gaza just seems to be, I don't say willing, there's just, it's terrible. You know, Howard, it's, it's just terrible. Before, That's before, it's just before terrible. this, uh, I was trying to think back. Probably, you know, we, war correspondents talk to each other. One of the worst wars that have covered was the Chechen War years ago. That was really, really bloody for everybody. But, you know, the Russians were in there, and a lot of journalists were killed and injured. Uh, the Gaza War is a lot different in the sense that uh, the onslaught by the Israelis onto Gaza, and people could decide whether that's right or wrong, has just been an extreme toll. I mean, 23,000 people killed. Um, and that's an international number. That's not the Hamas number uh, saying it. It's just a different kind of destruction, and it's difficult to escape injury or death for, for anybody in there, except it seems Hamas terrorists who can hide in the tunnels. Um, one, a couple of texts here, and they're going back to the, uh, sure. the uh, Secretary of Defense uh, story. Uh, perhaps, this is from our Frio Stack auction service text line. Perhaps they did not want the world to know that our Secretary of Defense was hospitalized for fear some entity mm-hmm. 
would see it as a chance mm-hmm. to take advantage of a perceived vulnerability. I mean, I, that's always uh, that's a fair you know that's a fair statement. I, I have two thi- I have a couple things to say. On that. That's a very fair statement. That does not excuse the president of the United States not knowing. I'm going to keep going back to that point because that elevates this discussion beyond the quote the public's right to know. And second, when I first started covering the Pentagon in the 90s, I broke a story about the stealth bombers, how they were still in production, how they were not going to be invisible to radar. And the Pentagon hit me with a ton of bricks. You're giving away information to the enemy. And my response to them is, you know what? I'd like to think of myself as a very good reporter, and often I am. But if I got this story, I bet the Russians already knew it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. All right, Tom. Well, we spent a lot of time on the Secretary of Defense today, not some other stuff, but that's fine because it's just a, again, it's a big story. It's a big story, <laughs> and I know you've been following it quite closely. So well, we'll talk probably more about Maybe next week we'll know more about well, I'll it. Keep, I'll, keep, I'll keep you in touch throughout the week, and if you need me, let me know. All right. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. Go Steelers. Have, have, All right. You got it. Have a great week. Thanks a lot. Eight thirty-eight twenty-two till the hour here on the Watchdog uh, Morning Show. I just still still think this story is just there, – there are several stories. The next one we'll do is the Mary Lou Retton story. I just – am I am – I, as I said yesterday, just getting old and cold uh, that I just – I'm having a hard time getting my head around some of these stories. No, I mean, there's a lot of cabinet members. There has to be some sort of protocol. Yes. Uh, you have to tell somebody, chief of staff. I mean, again, I, 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 when you were talking to Tom, I thought, well, what would uh, would uh, Martin Sheen do? Well, P- President Bartlett yeah, did. Yeah, he'd uh, raise hell with somebody, wouldn't he? You went in there and you didn't tell anybody? I would, I would think there would be, uh, you know, a... a, 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 a Toby or somebody would be calling him going, uh, excuse me, but uh, where where have you been? Uh, but the press secretary apparently knew and didn't tell anybody. Now, again, as Tom pointed out, although I'm big on transparency and I think the public needs to know some of this stuff, some of it, there is a difference between being public and saying to everybody. But when you don't tell the president of the United States... And again, there's something just—it's—I want to say humorous, but it's not funny. So he's—he's he's incapacitated. He turns the duties of Secretary of Defense over to his deputy, and she's on vacation in Puerto Rico. And she says, "I'll come home." They said, "No, I'll stay there." I mean, it's just there's something. The whole thing is just—and I know I hate to be talking about this because I know it does not bode well for Biden. Text line, I am sure glad the Biden administration runs such a transparent administration. I, I, I know it doesn't look good, but, oh, geez. The other story that has me a little bit still confused is Mary Lou Retton, West Virginia's uh, Olympic gymnast, America's sweetheart. She of the Wheaties box fame. Uh, and she spoke to the Today Show this week a little bit about the incident when she was in the hospital. We'll talk about that coming up in the next hour. We're going to talk about. West Virginia's legislative session coming up. Uh, Sean Fleur is going to be here. State Senator Mike Wolfield going to join us. We'll talk about filing uh, candidates who filed for office yesterday. All of that's coming up. But first, let's go to the news desk of WTRF-TV. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this January the 9th. Across the mountain state, in anticipation of severe weather today, Governor Justice has declared a state of preparedness for all 55 counties in West Virginia. The National Weather Service warns of high winds, winter weather, and potential flooding. 
The weather system will bring mainly rain with possible slick conditions in the mountains due to a wintry mix turning into heavy rain. Power outages are also possible. The state of preparedness enables the West Virginia Emergency Management Division to respond quickly to emergencies. Be sure to stay with WTRF for all the latest weather updates. Staying in West Virginia, Governor Justice will declare his eighth and final State of the State address to a joint session of the West Virginia Legislature in the House of Delegates Chamber. The State of the State address is tomorrow at 7 p.m. We will be live streaming the address on our website, WTRF.com. 7 News is your local election headquarters. The 2024 campaign season in West Virginia has officially begun, with Monday marking the first day for candidates to file for office. And they are really lining up at the Capitol. Dozens of candidates from various parties running for a variety of offices in the Mountain State came to the Secretary of State's office to make it official and pay their filing fees. While they had pre-filed, yesterday was the first date across the state that you could make it official. Despite their partisan differences, they all have one thing in common, their desire to serve West Virginia. Candidates are able to file at the Secretary of State's office in Charleston and at satellite offices across the state until midnight on Saturday, January 27th. And the hearings to determine if Payton City and Payton City Municipal Water Works are classified as a distressed or failing utility have been postponed to January 29th. It was originally set up for Thursday. The Public Service Commission of West Virginia found the city provided inadequate notice to customers and did not comply with state law in its public notification about the hearings. The commission will be holding a comment hearing at 530 and the evidentiary hearing is at 130. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday. I'm Taylor Long working for you. The Mountaineers hope for a bounce back win as they entertain the Wildcats of Kansas State. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story and more coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger app, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards on the same high-quality items like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce with no hidden fees or markups. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restriction supply, see site for details. Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower than low prices. And when you download the Kroger app, you can enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. Plus, you can earn fuel points to save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. And with a Boost membership, you'll save even more with double fuel points and free delivery. So you can always save big every day with our savings and rewards. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It is a basketball night here in Morgantown as West Virginia plays host to the Wildcats of Kansas State. First home game in Big 12 play for the Mountaineers as they try to bounce back after Saturday's loss at Houston. Overall series, this will be the 27th meeting between the Mountaineers and the K-State Wildcats. West Virginia leads the series 16-10. to In fact, the Mountaineers have won six of the last eight meetings. Last year, West Virginia won here in Morgantown the final regular season game, 89-81, and really that clinched a spot in the NCAA tournament for WVU. Meanwhile, in Manhattan last year, the Wildcats defeated the Mountaineers in overtime, 82-76. to So what's up with this Kansas State team? 
A look at some of the numbers. They currently average 76 points per game. West Virginia comes in at 67. Defensively, K-State allowing 68 points per game. West Virginia comes in at 71. Shooting those free throws, they're number eight. West Virginia comes in at number seven. How about overall shooting the basketball? Well, sorry to say it, but tonight's game is a matchup between the two teams at the bottom of field goal percentage in the conference. K-State 13 at 42%. West Virginia's dead last at 40%. But what about stopping teams? K-State field goal percentage defense comes in at number eight to West Virginia's number 12. Our pregame tonight begins here on MSN at 6 o'clock with the opening tip set to go at 7. The Mountaineers and the Wildcats on MSN. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. My name is Waleed Garib. I'm an interventional cardiologist at WVU Reynolds Memorial Hospital. One thing that I would like people in this Ohio Valley and across West Virginia and really across the country to know, the goal of healthcare is not to help you get by. It's not just to keep you alive. It's to help you thrive. And if we can get you back to your 100% potential, that's our goal. And we're going to keep working at it until we get as close to it as possible. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Good, Bob? Does it hurt good? It's hurting bad, Howard. It's not good. It's bad. Hey, I don't know who left us behind. Now, Bob has some kind of a little neck problem. We're not quite sure what it is. Um, It's not good. I've discovered that. Um, But I don't know who left us behind. But look here. We have the... uh, the, uh, the 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 flyer for elite massage therapy. Maybe you could use a massage. That doesn't have uh, Doctor Angelo George's name on it, does it? Mm, no. He sits in that seat from no. nine to twelve. Maybe. The Saturday Sports Huddle. Maybe it's him. I don't know. I don't know. I could use a you could doctor. Get, you could get uh, body sculpting. Hey, what's that? I don't know. <laughs> Say anything about a neck? I'm not. I, listen, because I know this is serious stuff. Can you, for hundred bucks, you can get a vacuum butt lift. Okay. Okay. Where's that at, Howard? I don't know. It's, it's, it's you could walk to it. It's on Lumber Avenue. Oh, neighbors. Yeah, they're neighbors of yours. So there you go. You can get a spray tan for thirty bucks if you want. To I tan. think she was on with Donnie. Now that you mentioned it, Howard. Okay. Maybe she'll be on this week. I don't know. <laughs> She's a regular, you know. Uh, I'm looking for a neck. I don't see a neck massage specifically here. CBD infused. Serious. This is a serious comment. I sometimes get neck, not like your problem, but I get a stiff neck because of the way I sleep sometimes. And after a while, what I do, I put CB, CBD cream on there, cleans it right up. Well, I might have to try that. I'm going to tell you, CBD cream is. I'm not. This is not an endorsement. I guess it is. It's like a magic thing. How big a jug you got at home? Right I, got now? A big one. I got a big one. Uh, my daughter-in-law got me one for Christmas, as a matter of fact. I think it came from England. I'm not sure. Um, uh, I get cramps, you know, and if they get too bad, I rub CDB cream on my legs or my calves. Boom, goes away. So give that a try. I, uh, I'm going to write that down, Howard. All right. 
I'll leave this elite massage therapy folder here for you in case <laughs> you right. in case you want in case you want to look at it. Uh, temperature is still roaming around 35 degrees. 35 at the airport. 34 at the Highlands. 36 in Elm Grove. And uh, you said it's uh, gone up a little bit here. We are at 35. 35 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studio. It is a rainy day today. A windy day today. There's a wind advisory in effect. Uh, we will have gusts perhaps as high as 45 to 50 miles an hour throughout the day. That's not sustained wind, but gusts could go up that high, so it could be bad. And the rain, at least the last we checked, was still coming down pretty hard, right? Still raining, yes. So uh, be aware of that. It's going to rain. It's a 100% chance of rain uh, throughout the day today, so, um, so be aware of that. Um, I want to talk about Mary Lou Retton in a minute here because the story, we talked about it a bit yesterday, and I think we left some things unsaid because some things we didn't know. We know a little bit more. She spoke to the Today Show yesterday about her recent illness. And I want to be honest, apparently she was really worse off than I thought. I know what her daughters had said, that she was near death and all that stuff, but somehow I felt like things were just being maybe blown a bit out of proportion when the story first broke and, you know, the GoFundMe campaign came up and she has almost a half million dollars in GoFundMe money. And I certainly thought, how in the world does Mary Lou Retton, you know, Olympic gold medalist, uh, have no insurance. But she explained some of that yesterday on Today's show, and I'll share some of that with you coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands. With a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family. Or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. Hello, Ohio Valley. This is Kate Delaney inviting you to join me overnight here on The Watchdog. Whether it's talking to big names in entertainment or sports, discussing the latest political news, or just chatting about life, I'll be here to keep you company on The Watchdog, WVLY AM 1370. FM 97.7 or online at watchdognetwork.com. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. It's the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. On air, online, on demand, and on video. Brought to you by WVU Medicine.
it's almost uh, masochistic. You spent all the time, you know, finding songs about pain while you were in pain. That's a... Did it, did it make you feel better? You know, yeah, hearing? it kind of did. Howard. All right, all right, that's good. That's very good. That's good. It's eight before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We talked well a couple of months ago when Mary Lou Retton was in the hospital and her daughters uh, told us she was near, near death and and uh, started a GoFundMe campaign for her and so on. We talked about it then. And then yesterday, we kind of were recapping that. And you know, she got about a little less, but about half a million dollars in GoFundMe money and. You know, where's it going to go? What's it being used for? And how sick was she or is she? We talked about that here on this show yesterday. Uh, Mary Lou Retton talked to the Today Show on NBC yesterday morning. Um, and I guess it was she was in pretty bad shape. The story she tells is the day, be, well, um, she was in the hospital, of course. The day before she went to the hospital, she had gotten a manicure with her daughter, and she was supposed to meet her family in a football game, but never showed up because she collapsed on her bedroom floor. And I guess only because neighbors looked and saw something was wrong did they find that they call for help, and they noticed that, that she was, you know, on, on the floor. So she was taken to the emergency room where she was diagnosed with pneumonia, um, and then was sent home just a couple days, pneumonia, because, you know, I mean, pneumonia is something that a lot of people get. It can be bad, don't get me wrong. But So she was there for a couple days and then was sent home. And then, quote, that's when things took a turn for the worse. Her oxygen levels went down. She was admitted to the ICU. At a, she was moved to a different hospital, uh, admitted to ICU, tested for COVID, RSV, and the flu, and none of those were positive. They all came back negative. So she didn't have COVID, didn't have RSV, didn't have the flu. But her daughter says the doctors told him that her lungs were so congested you couldn't see her lungs. So what was it? I don't know. Uh, Mary Lou Retton said, I've never had a lung issue in my life. Her medical team discussed putting her on life support to the point that, to the point that, her daughter said, it's okay, Mom, you can go. You can go. And I understand that because I said that to my dad in his final days, too. I said, Dad, it's okay. You can go. So her daughter started telling her, it's okay, Mom, you can go. And they made plans for her eventual uh, death. But then she pulled through. Then she pulled through. Um, and she still is on oxygen. And she's still f fighting whatever it is that she's fighting for, uh, whatever she's fighting against. Um, but I guess, Bob, this is more, I guess it really was serious. Um, and I didn't think it was not serious, but I guess it was truly life-threatening. And you would think, okay, uh, if you give us a little thought, that would be the place to go. They're going to throw you some softball questions. They're not going to, you know, put anything, force any, anything on you, I wouldn't think, even though, again, I, I, I read that she wouldn't answer one particular question. But I, would it be insensitive to say, well, Mary Lou, do you smoke? Do you vape? Uh, do that's you a good question. No, I don't think that's insensitive. You know, I mean, no. I don't think it's insensitive at all. But well, is, that, is that any of our business? Be question. It may be insensitive, but it's not inappropriate. But what this GOMI fund makes makes it makes Certainly. it our business then? Listen, uh, you know, Americans, well, I assume Americans, uh, uh, the people of the world put up close to a half million dollars for her medical care. And I think it is it is actually fair to say what, you know, I mean, I'm not going to blame her. There are people smoke people. But what I can't. You can't, can you imagine? She doesn't look like a smoker, though. I mean, Mary well, Lou Retton. The, yeah, but the, there's a lot of people that don't look like smokers, I Howard. Know. Again, I don't know. Maybe her divorce, going through some tough times. And here's another question. 
Whose money is that? If her daughters ask for that money yes, and you send it there, is that Mary Lou's money or is that her daughter's money? That is the, that is the crux of my concern that I brought up yesterday. I, I am very sympathetic to Mary Lou Redden. And she said in the interview yesterday that although she does have health insurance now, she didn't have health insurance when this whole hospital thing came down. It, to me, begs the question, what happened between then and now? But the bigger question is, if you have health insurance now, where's that money going? I mean, we put up a half million dollars in, again, 456, I think was the total actual number, but I'm rounding it up to half a million. A half million dollars in GoFundMe money for America's sweetheart. Um, Did it go to medical bills? I, I think it's a fair question to ask. If it didn't all go to medical bills, where is it? Um, and I, I mean, I, I guess I, I don't, like, I don't want to give it back, give it back. But it, it's, it's just, Mike. I said this yesterday. This goes more than just Mary Lou Retton. This just goes to this whole idea of as soon as somebody gets ill or there's a big, they these GoFundMe campaigns get started. And I am not criticizing anybody who has a GoFundMe campaign. Some people really need help. But I, I, I am always hesitant to help to throw money into a GoFundMe campaign because I don't know how the money is actually going to be spent. And I don't know how much the expenses are. And there are times when I think that it's either never going to be enough or that it's going to be so much more than is necessary. Then who gets that money? And I, I'm, again, I'm not, I guess I don't care if her kids keep it or, but it just, I think it's, we, there's, there's some public responsibility, just like the, the, the defense secretary. You know, some people that deserve privacy. Some people are in the public eye. I'm certainly not causing, uh, calling this case fraud, but again, I think there has to be some kind of agency, some kind of disclosure where you have to fill out a form and say, well, okay, we, we raised this much money and we're going to do this with that money. And here's where that money, yes. and, yeah, here's where that money is. Is that wrong, Howard? Uh, no, I, in fact, I think it's necessary. Now, I've never used a GoFundMe campaign. Maybe they do that. Maybe we should. Maybe they do that. I don't know. Um, but but I, I think it's I think it's incumbent on probably GoFundMe themselves. They ought to have some kind of internal entity to to, to look this stuff. They're going to tell me to go do something, Howard, but it's not going to be GoFundMe. <laughs> well, but and I'd like to know again, not being critical, but she didn't have health insurance a month ago or six weeks ago, whatever that was, and now she's got it. How does she get it? Because they they said at the time, well, she doesn't have enough income coming in to get health insurance. Well. She was in the hospital. Sure didn't have any more income coming in. Yeah. Uh, again, there's something just to me, and, and I don't really care that much, but to me, geez, we're late here. <laughs> I just looked at that, too. We, we, <laughs> Keep that thought out. We'll just hold that thought. We'll finish it off after ABC covers the world. 7.7 AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville. From ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. The National Transportation Safety Board continues investigating the door plug of that Boeing 737 MAX jet like the one in Alaska Airlines that blew off mid-flight last week. NTSB Chair Jennifer Homedy telling ABC News this morning another airline has now reported possible equipment problems. We have heard reports from United, uh, Alaska and Boeing about loose bolts. We are aware of those. Those are being reported to the Federal Aviation Administration, who's in charge 
of the inspections. Uh, and the mandates uh, for the repair. Meantime, the man who found the door plug, high school physics teacher Bob Sauer from Portland, Oregon, is talking about his backyard discovery. I knew what I was looking for. Uh, I, I understood pretty well how it had happened, um, and it was 